right now we acknowledge you we magnify you we lift you up in this place and as we've seen even in the song may it be the testimony and the truth of our lives oh God that our lives may be a sweet sound to you Lord and not only to you but this lost and dying world that need an encounter with the living God through the people of God who are walking accurately in the image of God Almighty we love you 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 Lord you are worthy of praise oh you are worthy of praise you are worthy of praise oh magnify the Lord with me oh magnify 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 the Lord the Lord with me Psalm 34 verse 3 says, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. O magnify the Lord with me, with me and let us exalt His name together. There are some things that are right for the people of God to do together. Complaining is not one of them. Oh, coming down to the level of the world and the world's thinking and the world's processes of what's going on is not what the people of God are called to do. The word says, the psalmist says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And I'm gripped in my spirit. The word magnify means to make larger, to make larger. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid. I, I remember when I was a kid in, in Auckland there and you used to have those magnifying glasses. You know the ones with the handles and the big round thing and you used to go and look at those little bugs that were tiny and so insignificant and small and you'd hold up the magnifying glass and that which was tiny suddenly became large. Is that right? But let me ask you a question. Did the thing actually change in size? No, just that through which you were looking made it appear larger. And John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. God Almighty cannot get bigger than he is. But the psalmist says, I want you to magnify the Lord. And I believe in the world today as believers, we are magnifying many things, but it's not the Lord. We magnify our, our lack. We magnify our fears. We magnify our circumstances. We magnify the things that are not happening as we believe they should. The reality is they're not getting larger. The lens is like we hold them up here. And I want to declare over your life today, you want to see the breakthrough. It's on the, oh, magnify the Lord with me, with me. Oh, to make larger, to make larger. And let us. Exalt to lift up, to lift up. What do you lift up? What do you lift up? Many times we elevate and lift up that which is impossible, our facts, our feelings, our circumstances. The psalmist says, let's make larger or magnify the Lord with me. And let's lift up 
his name together. I declare over the Rock Church right now in the name of Jesus Christ that this will be a place as it is, but more and more a new level right now in Jesus' name. A place where the God is magnified and God is lifted up. The world needs it. God deserves it. Praise, 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 praise. Oh, Rabashi. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, praise, 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 praise. Oh, praise. Oh, praise, 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 praise the name of the Lord with me. Praise the name, exalt the name of Jesus Christ. Magnify the name of the Lord. Magnify. God here, you can be seated. Man, at least keyboard and maybe Jay, you guys can stay. Just the rest of you guys can take a seat. We're just going to go out the flow. Is that cool? I'm so bubbling to overflowing that I'm sort of like, whoa. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I just want to keep on flowing. God is good, God is good. Just keep on playing, you guys. While I was up in the one of the officers just praying before I came down here. God gave a statement to me, and I wanna, I wanna back it up and just read a couple of scriptures to you. And I want you to receive spiritual. Anyone here ready to receive what the Spirit wants to say? I don't want to speak to your mind. I want to don't want to speak to your intellect. I don't want to speak to your way, just to your thought processes. I want to speak by the Spirit of God into your spirit. Amen. Anyone ready to receive that? Because that's what we need. We don't need another message. We don't need another sermon. We don't need we don't need any more ideas from men and women who are there to push their agenda. We need to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say. I'm desperate in the church for the Spirit of God to speak. And let, let me just give you a couple. Woo! All right, settle down. I'm in church. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, anyone here ready to have a good time with God with me and just lean in? Is that cool? Can we do that? Uh, if you're waiting for me to prophesy, I'm doing it, okay? So that's cool. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, halfway through, and it keeps on going. It says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Let me explain what that means. Now that you've been rooted, saved, planted, and come into this relationship with God and established, you're starting to grow up in Christ. Anyone here who's been born, who is born again, come on. If, if you, you shouldn't be ashamed, come on. If you, you've been born again, so you've been rooted and you've been established, you're starting to grow up. Maybe you're not there. Maybe you're not at that place of perfection. Anyone else? Is that just me? Okay. Um, but you're being rooted and you've been established in love. And when we talk about love, we're not talking about a feeling or an emotion. We're talking about 1 John 4. God is love. So you can actually say you've been rooted and established in God Himself. Oh, I want you to get what I'm about to say. You've been rooted and established in God Himself. I pray that you'll have power together with all the saints. What? To plant churches and see 
people saved and see people healed and see people set free. No, no, no. I pray that you that have been rooted and established in love himself, you'll have power together with all the saints to start to grasp or lay hold of the how wide and how deep and how long and how high is this God of love, this love of God, this God that surpasses your knowledge. I want to declare to you loud and proud right now that God Almighty is inexhaustible. You and I will never, ever know all there is to know about God. The created will never know all there is to know about the Creator. And that doesn't, oh, that doesn't make me go, oh, that goes, yes. I'm glad God is not just a little bit bigger than me. I'm glad that God is not just a little bit larger than me. I'm glad God is not just a little bit more wise than me, more powerful than me. Aren't you glad you serve a limitless and inexhaustible God? And God Almighty says, you know what? I don't want you to wait to the other side of the grave to start to discover. Can I say something? Or I might be pushing you theologically here. But I don't believe when we get to heaven, we'll know all there is to know about God. I don't believe created beings will ever know all there is. And that's the beauty of eternity in the very presence of God. People say, how can the angels and the, and the, and the, and the multitudes be around the throne in heaven saying, holy, 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 worthy is the Lamb forever and ever and ever and ever. Surely after a few million, billion years, that's got to get old. And I believe the Spirit of God says no, because every moment... Their breath is getting taken away by another revelation of just who this God is. Wow, revelation, revelation. Wow, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I'm looking forward to the day, Danny, when this body keeps up with the Spirit. I pray that you've been rooted and grounded in love and power together with all the saints to start to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of God, this God that surpasses our knowledge. Listen, listen, listen. So that you might be filled to the measure of the fullness. Everyone say fullness. You may be filled to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. Or oh, the more you behold Him, the more you become like Him. We become like what we behold. And I pray, even as it says in Ephesians 1.17, Paul says, I pray and keep on asking that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Why? So that you might know Him better. Oh, but we know Him. Oh, no, there's so much more. There's so much more. And then we go into verse 20, which is the one we we quote out of context oh now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you can ask or imagine anyone heard that verse according to his power that is at work within you to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus the context is all based on a deepening wow revelation of who God is you'll be filled to the measure of the revelation you're receiving and when you get that now when now when you get the deeper revelation you'll be able to step into all God can do more God can do more God can do more God can do more. Stop focusing on trying to get God to do more. Focus on seeking Him for who He is. Say, God, show me what you're like. Woo! Ephesians 1, 23. says, And God placed all things, Father placed all things under Jesus' feet, and He did it for the church. Come on. I'm talking to you. 
God placed all things. The Father placed all things, all things, all things, all things. You know, everything you come up against, God's placed them. Father's placed them under Jesus' feet. And he did it for the church, which is his body. Listen, listen. The church, which is his body. The church, which is the fullness of him. The church, which is the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. I need to postpone my flight because I'm going to still be going tomorrow afternoon because I haven't got started yet. I pray for days where the people of God don't want to nibble on God's presence and God's word. We saturate ourselves in entertainment and sports for hours upon end, but please don't talk too long. It's not about talking long. It's about encountering God, setting up revelation of truth. And let me give you the statement that God gave me. I haven't even given you that yet, and this is... This is pre-pre-starting. This is pre-entree. Is there any men and women of God in this room right now that will receive this statement into your spirit? This is what God said to me up in the room. The fullness of God. Everyone say the fullness of God. We've just been talking about where we're going to be filled to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, about the fact that God placed all things under Jesus' feet. He did it for the church, which is the fullness of him who fills everything. I need you to hear the word of the Lord. I need you to hear the truth. Because too many times the facts and the feelings are screaming louder than the truth. And we say we can't deny the facts because that's called lying. No, that's called faith in it until you make it. I can't lie. See, that's a, that, that, that right there is a lie of the enemy. It says, I can't speak the truth before I see the reality. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, not seen, not seen, not seen. When you speak it before you see it, it's not called lying, it's called faith. And the enemy has come and put blinders on the church to say, I can't speak that. What what does the Bible say? Let the weak say, I am strong. Not, I will be strong. We are so often waiting to become what we already are. We're so often waiting to receive what we've already got. And with our speaking, something shifts. Life and death is in the power of your tongue, not in the power of your reality. I've got to try and get this statement out. The fullness of God is as fully present here in this place right now as He has ever been anywhere, at any time, in all eternity. I was standing up in that room, by my, I was going to say by myself, I'm never by myself. Never. I just said, Steve, I am fully. Let me just push something else. If we're not careful, we will buy into the subtle lie of the enemy that says when you accept Jesus Christ, you get a part of God. And then when you stop doing those bad things, you get a bit more of God. And then when you read your Bible enough, you'll get a bit more of God. And when you pray a bit more, you'll get a bit more of God. And over time, until we die, we'll get more and more of God. And then when we're in heaven, it's like all of God. Can I tell you, if that's the case, which part of God do you get? I mean, do we get His big toe? What do we get? What do, we, do we get His power, but not His joy what, what, what part 
I want to tell you right this, God is everywhere present all at once, all the time, in all of eternity. If you've got God, then you've got God and you've got him in his fullness. The body, which is the fullness of him who fills. We need a revelation in our lives and in the church that we have the fullness of who God is. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Do you not know that your body, your complete whole, is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? Which part of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit doesn't divide himself up. If you've got him, you've got him. I wonder if you say that. If I've got him, I've got him. Good English, isn't it? And I just want to sow that seed thought even as I'm starting because it gripped me. Wherever I go, there God is. That's a good one. I'm staying in a motel by myself and, you know, I've got a family. I like to be with my family. When I'm in that room, the fullness of God's there. Come on. He's there as much literally as he was at creation and at the party in the Red Sea. He's there as much literally. How many people know that we need a revelation of what I'm saying? Because otherwise, which part of God? Is God limited? He can't be fully present everywhere all at the same time. Isn't that what omnipresent means? I said it last night, but I just I just want you to get a glimpse of the largeness of your God. God's, we, we say He's everywhere present, and we're talking about geographically. We're talking about right now, at this time in history, He is everywhere. He's here. He's in Australia, I know. Just crazy. He's 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 everywhere, and he's everywhere. He's in heaven. He's on earth. Does anyone agree with that? Believe that? Come on. If you try to fully understand God with the natural mind, that ain't gonna work for no one. But here's the thing: Father's been showing me. The Bible says, "From everlasting to everlasting, you are God." It doesn't say from everlasting, you were, to everlasting, you will be God. It just, from the beginning of eternity, which actually doesn't have a beginning, go figure, to the end of eternity, you just are. So it's not just that He's everywhere right now. He's actually through all eternity at the same time always. This is a bit of a... He's beyond our imagination. So if God is everywhere present throughout all of eternity as well, not only geographically now, it gives me a lot of confidence to know that God was before creation, at creation, with Abraham, with Moses, Oh, when Jesus walked this earth, when Jesus ascended, he, he was here at 1000 AD. He was here at 2000 AD. He is here today. He is in my future when I'm 70. And he is at the second coming of Christ and forever and ever, now, always, all at the same time. So if you need to know, oh, is, how does my future look? Is there any hope for my future? I want to tell you that the God who is with you now is in your future now. And he says, do not know the plans I have for you. The plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. My confidence is in a God that has always existed and he is fully present here and now. Uh, thank you, Father, for your word. I want to pray for you too.
right now. Uh, I prayed for some people last night, and unless God interrupts me like he just did, um, I'm going to pray for which he has a right to. Um, tonight, we're just going to prophesy and pray over people. Is that cool? So that's the plan. And so I encourage you to come out for that. I might not be able to get through everyone if there's this amount of people because I'll be here till January. But um, but we'll see. It's fine. That's <laughs> fine for you. Um, but I just felt the Holy Spirit, before I came, give me a word for your pastors. And I jotted it all down back in Australia before I came. And I felt it's very important that I deliver that while we're all here. Because we need to know what God's saying to our leaders so that we can love them and support them and champion them on. Is that okay? So I'm going to read this, but I wonder if you guys would stand. Maybe just come out here and you guys can come and stand with them. That would be wonderful. Uh, just come over here, Greg. And, and I wasn't sure if, because if maybe if you just stand here so I can look at you and, and get this, that'd be great. Um, I wasn't sure if, um, because you've got Maddie and Lily and Danny, if it's Greggy, but I'll go with Greg. Just Greggy. Don't anyone call me Stevie. <clears throat> Give you a real bad prophecy. No, just sorry. I pray as a church, you guys will just right now be praying with me. I want to impart this to you. I, I want to look at my notes, but I wonder if you guys would just look to God right now and receive this into your spirit. I want to just speak exactly what Father said to me. So clear and I'll send this to you, but I want to speak it into the atmosphere over your life. And I'm praying for something to shift, something to go deeper in you. I believe part of Father's intention this weekend is to affirm you as the leaders of this house. And I need people listening and receiving with your spirits right now. I see the words. This is over you, Greg. I want to speak over you, Greg, and then over you, Danny. And God said over you, Greg, I see the words spiritual general. Spiritual general. I, I saw them in capital letters and in bold. So it's in capital letters and it's in bold on my iPad. And you are to command the troops. This is why I need the church to hear this. We don't often like this type of language because it's too strong, it's too militant, it's too directive. Yet it is biblical. We are called to the kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. Again, capital letters, bold, kingdom culture. And this is opposite to worldly culture. We live in a time where people don't like being told what to do. They kick against it. But the same was true in Jesus' time. Yet he did not shrink back, nor did he lower the bar. He raised it and he preached the kingdom of God. He preached the authority of God to rule over in a realm. He preached God's kingdom come on earth as it is done in heaven. He preached not my will, but God's be done. And I want to speak into your spirit. Do not shrink back man of God. Don't be afraid but be bold and call up and require much. I sense an urgency. God told me to bold that. I sense an urgency in my spirit about getting the troops ready for battle. Everyone in this auditorium right now, I want you to stand to your feet as one. Quickly stand to your feet. 
And I need you guys reaching out and receiving what I'm saying over right now. Over your pastor, I need you to uh, be receiving this into your spirit, whether or not you're saying, yes, I, I want to be a part of that. Because we like being part of the family of God, but we're equally called to be part of the army of God. Because I want to tell you that the powers of darkness are advancing around this world. And we need the people of God to stand up, not only as a family, but as an army. And there is an urgency in my spirit about you getting the troops ready for battle. Loving God, walking in grace, walking in His love is wonderful. It is foundational. It is essential, but it does not negate the spiritual battle that is going on and that every believer needs to engage in. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 13, so well known, but the Holy Spirit just brought it to me. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong, be strong. People of God, be strong. Greg, you're called to get the people strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's too many people in the church of God say, no, no, don't talk to me about that stuff. I don't like that stuff. I don't like talking about the devil or demons. Well, the, 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 the reality is the Bible. Bible says to all believers, you need to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I need you to put on the armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He has schemes. He comes against you because you have the Son of God living on the inside of you. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, you'll still be standing. My God is all, my dad has always talked about Holy Ghost Marines. And I felt Father is strongly asking you to prepare the troops for battle. Danny, I saw a picture of you with an apron on and with army boots on. And Father wants you to always be at the ready, even in the practical tasks of life and of family and of ministry. I see you as a real spiritual strength. There is such a spiritual strength about you. And I got the picture, oh, I like this. I got the picture of you kicking down a door of opposition with your army boots on. Yet I noticed you still had your apron on. It's not like I take one thing off and I put another thing on. You are ready in season. You are ready in season. Man, you can have army boots on and you can have an apron on. You can be doing the practical tasks of life, but there's a spiritual strength about you. It's like you're not going to take any rubbish from the enemy. This is in your life, but it's also very much in the lives of other people. I see you declaring and things shifting. The Word of God is a mighty sword in your mouth, Danny. And I see a spiritual tenacity that just won't be intimidated. When I love this. I bolded this for myself. When others cower, you advance. Hallelujah. Then I see those who cowered at first standing up and advancing behind you as they follow your lead and they draw strength and courage from your example. And I say capital letters, praise God for you, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Yet there is a need to guard your heart and allow your own emotions to be refreshed and continually filled by your heavenly Father. This is not because you are weak, but because you are fighting well. Two scriptures, Holy Spirit just 
dropped in my spirit, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And in Matthew 4, 11, he reminded me after the enemy had, Jesus had been through the wilderness and harassed by the enemy. It says, and the devil left him and the angels came and attended and ministered to him. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I want people just praying for your pastors right now. Father, right now, I just pray for Greg. I pray for Ta- uh, Danny. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray uh, covering the protection over their life. I pray the stirring of the Holy Spirit to lead them forward in a way that they keep in step. Do not run ahead. Do not lag behind. I want to lift off you right now the expectations of people, the words of people that say, you need to do this, you need to do that. I need to declare over your life and in the hearing of the people of God in this house, you need to be free to run as Father calls you to be free to run because this church will flourish and this community will be transformed as you step into the fullness of Father's intention. Prepare the troops for battle. Keep those boots on. Father, I pray your blessing over these people in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. You guys can be seated for a little bit. Praise God. Is anyone doing it all right in the, the church today? Anyone just feel God speaking? God stirring? I don't want to just speak some nice words. I just believe by the Spirit of God, He's calling me in the season to shift some things. To speak words that literally create. You want to say, hey, you can't do that. God can only do that. Last time I checked, God said, let's make mankind in our image, in our likeness, and we're filled to the fullness we, we, we got to understand that there's creative power. Doesn't the Bible say in Proverbs that life and death is in the power of our tongue? I like it in Ezekiel 37 when God came and there's a valley full of bite, dry bones and God's Jehovah Sneaky come and said to him, can, can these bones live? And, and he said what you and I would often say, well, God, you know. And God said, no, 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 you prophesy. You speak the life. The life and death is in your tongue. And so I, I, I want to... Pray by the Spirit of God that something in your personal life and in the life of this church and in this community shifts after this weekend. Is, is anyone ready to receive that? So nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with uh, what God wants to do on Father's agenda. Let's not limit what God is doing because of the vessel through which it comes. Many of us, myself included, would have missed God in the Bible because he spoke and moved in a way that we would have said, God won't do that. Seriously, come on. We know the stories and we gloss over the stories. But if one of you came to church and said, and I said, how was your week? And you go, it was awesome. At home in the garden. And all of a sudden the, burn, the bush started to burn up. But it wasn't burning up. And then God started to speak to me. And it's like the presence of God was in this bush. It burnt and yet nothing was burning up. I probably wouldn't say, there goes a man or woman of God. If one of you came and told me that your dog started to speak to you and tell you, I don't know. See, you know the stories. Seriously. I was at home and I was seeking the Lord and all of a sudden this hand appears and starts writing on my wall. Here's a statement you probably should get rid of. God wouldn't do that. I don't think you think I was a man of God as we're outside having a meeting and I, 
I did the sanitized version. <laughs> Made some mud and started slapping on something. No one would say, there goes a man of God. I said, what are you doing? You can't do that. Don't limit God by the size of your thinking. Do you know his, his, his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, as high as the heavens are above the earth. Come on, come on, our God is good and our God is big. I just thought, I have no idea what time I finished, I didn't ask and I didn't get told, so praise the name of Jesus, I can't get in trouble. If you need to leave, leave. If not, just hang around and let God just speak to you. I just want to download a few thoughts that Father has given me. If I pause, I'm listening. And I encourage everyone in this room to continue to listen to God. I believe that we as believers need to be more reliant upon what God is saying in the moment than what he said yesterday. Some of us heard God clearly and are running but not listening. Allow God to speak to you moment by moment. In all your ways acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. Those that live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And I I just want to, I'm going to try not to take too long. I I just want to, you might be thinking, hang on, you you should be finished by now. Well, um, talk to God. Um, I just want to speak for a moment. You you guys didn't invite me to come, pay for me to come to just give you a, a little token of God bless you. Life is still important. God is still important. Wellington is still important. The thousands, the tens of thousands, potentially the hundreds of thousands of people that right now, if they died, would have a crisis eternity is too important. It's too important. So the first thing I just want to briefly speak into, that, and these are not statements I think, this is a good idea, these are statements. God just speaks a statement. Is that okay? And we'll lean into this. The first thing he said, I want you to briefly talk about their name. Talk about their name, The Rock. The rock, the rock. And instantly God drew my attention to Matthew 16, 13 to 19. And in Matthew 16, 13 to 19, uh, Jesus, this is what it says, that Jesus entered the, the region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Do you not think that that is a cry that is happening all around the world today? Who is God? Who is God? And I find it very, very interesting that their answer was, some say you're uh, John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're one of the other prophets. Just stop and listen to that. <laughs> maybe you're John the maybe, Baptist, maybe Jeremiah, maybe one of the other prophets. In other words, everybody has a different opinion of who you are. This is the world that we currently live in. There are so many, oh, who is God? Oh, God is Muhammad, God is Buddha, God is Krishna, God is, God is, God is, God is, God is, all these and now we live in a time that it doesn't matter that it's all the same God anyway, even though we view him differently, even though we see him differently, it all goes to the same God. I don't want to be politically incorrect, but I do want to be biblically correct. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. We are not called to be a contemporary church that just makes everyone feel comfortable. We are called to speak the truth of Jesus Christ. The truth changes people, not just getting on everybody's good side. There is one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Jesus Christ. You say, that's not fair. It's not fair. Maybe it's not fair. It's biblical and it's truth. Who do people say that I am? Everyone's got a different opinion. How about you? The Spirit of the Lord looks at you today and says, how about you? 
Who do you say he is? And Peter says, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the son of the living God. Listen, and then Jesus said to him, you are blessed. What had he done? He just said, this is who you are. Your blessing does not start on what you receive and what you've got and what you acquire and what you attain. Your blessing, whether you're blessed or not, is a direct parallel to your revelation of who God is. In the very beginning, Genesis 1, oh, God is starting to speak to me. No, he's just continuing to speak to me. In Genesis 1, when it says, and God created mankind in his image, in his likeness, he created them, male and female, he created them. Genesis 1, verse 26. And then it says this, and he says, you are blessed. The very first statements to God is you are blessed. What have they done? Nothing. What have they acquired? Nothing. They were just created in the image of God, and they were seeing God face to face. You are blessed. You're not blessed based on your possessions or what you've got or your job or your family or your health. You're not blessed because of those things. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I tell you right now, if you're created in the image of God, if you're born again, you are blessed. And Peter said, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, you're blessed. You're blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You didn't read this in a textbook. You didn't study this at Bible college and just say, okay, then that must be true. You didn't get told this in a sermon and go, I better accept that. This was not revealed to you by a person. This was revealed. Everyone say revealed. This was revealed to you by my Father who is in heaven. And it says, and you are Peter. And Peter in the Greek means rock. It says, you are Peter. You are rock, small rock. But on this rock, not on you, Peter. Not on you, Greg. Not on you, Danny. Oh, praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that no pastor has to build their church because no pastor has a church. Jesus, I will my church, but I will not build it on you, small rock, Peter, this is not your responsibility. I'm not going to lay a burden on you, Peter, that you have to carry the responsibility of building the church. I will build it on this rock, the rock of revelation of who Jesus Christ is. I will build my church when people have a revelation of who I am. And when I people have a revelation, the gates of hell cannot prevail against that. You can, all the gates of hell can prevail against if we're just trying to do a good thing and trying to build the church and trying to see people saved and try to, and trying, and we're trying, and we, and we, and we, and we, if we're not careful, Christianity has become more about us and less about God. It's time for it to become more about God. And he says, I'll build my church when people get a revelation of who I am. And when people get a revelation of who I am, the gates of hell, they cannot prevail against it. And when people get a revelation of who I am, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And when get people get a revelation of who I am, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to just say about your name, The Rock. The Rock is not Peter. As some religions think it is based on a man who is the head of the church, it is not. And respectfully, The Rock on which the church is built is not Jesus Christ. It's not. The context is not, I will build this on this rock, on me. It's on this rock. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. The rock upon which Jesus builds his church is not himself, but on the revelation of who he is. Because he is. He is. 
He is. But he, he builds his church when people start, ah. Go back to my opening scriptures that you may be able to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is this love of God. Wow, that's what God's like. And you'll be filled to the measure. I just want to say to you as a people, as a church, God wants you to be a people who walk by revelation of who God is. That's your name. That's your DNA. That's your calling. Don't try to build the church. Seek God for a revelation of who he is daily. God, I want to know you more. See, the greatest commandment is not that you build the church. It's not even that you love people. If we're not careful, we will put on an equal footing, love God, love people. I want to declare to you that is not the truth. Matthew 22, verse 36 to 39, they said, which is the greatest command? He said, out of all the commands, let me give you the first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all the strength. This is the first. Everyone say first. And this is the greatest. Everyone say the greatest. And the second is like it, but the second is not the first. Love people as yourself. This world is full of people that love people brilliantly better than many Christians do. They seek, they, they, they seek their good of others. They go and they serve him humanitarian. They just come and they give their lives to loving people. Praise God, praise God, praise God. But many of them are doing that but don't even know God. And God says, you know what, that, that doesn't actually account for anything. But, you have, but if you love God, make him the priority, revelation of who he is. See, this is what Father said to me. The, the, the more you seek, the more you find. The more you find, the more you know. The more you know, the more you love. Repeat. Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 13, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, make this your number on priority again. I want to seek you, God. Look for God in his word. He wants to reveal himself. And when you see him, you get your breath taken away. You get to know him more. The more you get to know him, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like some of you with a box, a block of chocolate sitting down on the couch at night to eat. You know, I just have one piece. Or maybe just one more piece. Maybe one row. Where's the block gone? You taste and see that it is good. And God says, you, you seek me, you'll find me. And when you find me, go, man, you'll taste and see God is good. Oh, I want to seek him more. I spend all day, every day with the Lord. I, I just, on the planes and we're driving, I'm just constantly listening to God. I'm in his word. And I can tell you right now, not for one second is it because I have to. It's because I get to. I've tasted and seen that he is good. Nothing in this world satisfies. Stop, breathe. My wife tells me that when I preach, I need to breathe, and apparently it's the sort of thing that you have to keep on doing. (laughs) Once is not enough. Maybe it's similar to seeking God. You name the rock. God wants you to live you, you to be a people who walk by revelation of who God is. Can anyone say amen? Amen. This is a freeing way to live. It shifts from knowing God rather than striving. How many people want to please God? Not a trick question, not a trick question. Anyone, I want to see your hands up high if you want to please God. Okay, this is what the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Watch this, we know part of it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, okay? Anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists. See, that's where we think the faith goes. There's another, and he rewards those who diligently seek him. Mm. Do you know what the reward is from God of those that seek him? Him. Genesis 15.1, God said to Abram, do you not know I am your exceedingly great reward? 
A.W. Tozer said, he who seeks God and effectively loses God in the end. Let me give you a couple other statements that I feel God has said. Here's the next statement. These are, all, these are disconnected statements, but the Spirit of God will connect them. But these are the statements Father gave me to give to you. Your distinctive. Everyone say my distinctive. Everyone say our distinctive. Your distinctive is not what you like to do, but what Father has called you to do. I feel some people, this is a word. For some people, this is the reason why Father sent me here to, today, this weekend. Some of us, this is a word of freedom. It's a word of redirection. It's a word of clarity to some in this room right now. Your distinctive is not what you like to do. Many times your distinctive will be what you like to do because God wired us a certain way. But I've known God long enough to know that even when I love to do some uh, certain things because God wired me and it's my distinctive, there's times and seasons and God asked me to do something that I don't necessarily like to do, but he's called me to do it. And that is to be my distinctive in that season. So my question to you as the people of God, everyone say people of God. Notice that we're people of God, we're children of God, we're the family of God. Notice the words of God, of God, of God. We don't belong to ourselves, we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't say, oh, we're people of God and then say, but I'll do what I want. No, we're people of God, of God. We belong to him. And I want to encourage you and maybe challenge you right now for some of you in this room some of you know God has called you to do a certain thing, but you don't really want to step out because of uncertainty, maybe family situations, maybe a fear of it's not going to work out. Maybe there's a sense of I don't have what it takes. Maybe for some of you in this room, and I know I'm speaking to some people, is I don't want to step out and do that because you know I don't want it to be about me and we think we're we're being humble by not stepping into the fullness. If God asks you to do something and you don't do it, it's not humility, it's disobedience. The person on your left or on the right, the person in your home and in your work, needs you and I to step into the fullness of what Father has asked us to do. Jesus even went as far as saying in Luke twenty two forty two, 42, Father, if it's possible, can you remove this cup from me? What is he saying? Father, if, the, if it's possible, can we do it a different way? Come on. No one in the right mind wants to go to the cross. He goes, can we do it a different way? Maybe you've got that. Maybe you're in this place in your journey with God, what God has asked you to do. You're saying, God... Is it a different way? Can we do a different way? But I wonder if you and I would resolve this verse like Jesus, yet not my will, but yours be done. I want to say your distinctive is not what you like to do, but what you're called to do. Next statement, moving forward, moving forward. Everyone say moving forward. Just seeing if you're still with me. Mark twelve I'm going to finish very soon. Mark twelve thirty seven. New King James says, therefore David himself calls him Lord. How is he then his son? Now, I don't know about you, and I read it, like, okay, what, what are we saying here? Anyone else? Um, and it was interesting because the part that God wants me to lean into is the next part. And the common people heard Jesus gladly. 
And the Holy Spirit wants to speak into you as a community of believers right now. That even when we speak and say things that may be a little bit difficult to understand, Father wants us to live attracted lives where common people receive us gladly, not based on the words that we speak, but the lives that we live. There's something about the life of one fully submitted to Jesus Christ that attracts people towards us even if they don't understand. I, I, I pray you really hear me in this moment. I pray you hear me in this moment. Let, let me make the, that's one, live attractive lies. The next one, and I just want to lean into this for a second, in John 8, verse 10 to 11. John 8, 10 and 11. This is, you know, the lady caught in adultery. Everyone know that story? And they wanted to stone him because it was against the law. You know what the story I'm talking about? And we, we get Jesus comes in there. And then in verse 10 of John 8, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she replied, No one, sir. Listen, listen, listen. I need you to hear this. This is very important for you as a rock. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. There is an imperative in the body of Christ, in your life and in my life, that we live continually, always, on both sides of the end of God. The Bible says in Psalm 85 verse 10, mercy and truth have come together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. This is what the Spirit of God is saying. We have many in the body of Christ that come and say, it's all about grace and mercy. It doesn't matter. God loves you. God loves you on your journey. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. God is love. God is love. Is that true? Absolutely true. It is God. is a God of love. 70 times 7. He goes, I don't condemn you. And we grab hold of that. But then he says, now go and leave your life of sin. That is truth. And we have people living on one side and we say we're just, no, no, it's all about grace now. It's all about grace. I want to tell you that if we speak grace but we do not speak truth, we do not help anybody. But if conversely we have a bunch of people on the side of truth that say, this is what the Bible says, this is what the Bible says. You turn or you burn and call out judgment on what's happening around the world and they speak truth. They speak the word, they speak the word, they go bang, bang, bang. It doesn't matter what people feel. I just want to tell you what God says. Number one, there's an arrogance and a pride about that. Let me tell you what it is. But there's no, there's no sense of the heart of God. God said to me when, years ago when he called me to be a prophet, he says, I do not want you to declare my, the, the word of God unless you can reveal the heart of God. I'm intentional about this all the time, and I know I speak direct at times, but I pray my heart comes across that is a heart of God, that is a heart that wants to draw people to Him. I don't want to just speak a word that cuts people down. Jesus never did that. How is it that Jesus could talk to a Samaritan woman at a well, and He said to her, where's your husband? I don't have one. That's right, you said correctly. You've had five husbands, and you're currently living with someone else. That, how many people know that's pretty clear truth? And he said it in such a way, I need you to get this church. He said it in such a way, she did not leave condemned and judged. And I'm never going near that church or that place or that man again because he just cut me down by exposing my sin. He spoke with such mercy and grace and love flowing from who he was that his words not, did not turn her away, but sent her to the town and says, you've got to come and hear this man. And then he stayed and people got saved because mercy and truth came together. I don't condemn you, but this is not right. I beg you to be a church that live on both sides.
of the end of God. Did that make sense? Next thing, your message is too important for it to get lost in translation. That's what the Holy Spirit said to me. And I felt Father say, ask me for the clarity of the message and the clarity of the communication. He's never said it to me before. Some of you know what God wants you to say. God wants know what God wants you to do, how God wants you to live. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah, that you're leaning into your distinctive. Now ask Father, how do I do this in a way that the hearers receive? I, I said to your pastors the other day, and there's something God has gripped me. Oh, rubbish. Oh, I've, mm. I, I said to them, you know, when I'm ministering, my greatest need is not to hear from God. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? Because I'm listening the whole time and he's talking the whole time. But in the moment, from Father's perspective, the greatest need is not that I'm listening because he knows I am. The greatest need is that I do all I can by the Spirit of God, not with under any pressure, but with the expectation that I actually communicate in such a way that the hearers receive what Father is saying. Because it's no good if I'm hearing and I'm listening, but you're not receiving. And I want to say, we need to hear what God wants to say and then say, God, I've got the message. Now, how do I I communicate it in such a way that the hearers receive it. There's too many in the body of Christ that hear and just go bang. Oh, Jesus says in John 3, 17, we all know John 3, 16, but John 3, 17, I did not send my son into the world to condemn the world, but to save. Oh, mercy and truth constantly flow from Jesus. Sinners were attracted to him, yet he spoke words that didn't even make sense. Because there's something in who he was that people step towards. Is there something in who you are that people take a step towards you? Or do people say, man, this, he's one of those religious nuts of freaks, so I don't want anything to do with him. Too many in the body of Christ, we alienate people not because we're believing the wrong thing, but we're communicating the wrong thing. Father, help me to hear you clearly. And Father, help me to communicate accurately what I'm hearing. That's a commission for you as a church. Almost done. So I wonder if those that are musicians could come back. But I don't want you looking at them. I want you leaning into because this is really important what I'm about to say. I saw a picture. Father gives me pictures. I saw a picture of a small group of people discussing something behind a closed door. And Father said, don't talk about, but pray for. This is a word of correction. This is a word of warning. But you need to understand, Father would only speak it from a place of love because he doesn't want a good intention to actually get derailed for any reason, including ignorance. And I felt, Father, say, what's your default? Talking to people about people or is it talking to God for people? Because the picture I saw, they were behind closed doors. And I don't know if this is some... I don't know if this is some people in the church, about the church. I don't know if this is about you and family or friends, about your workplace. Um, And I think it might be even in both. But I need you to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. 
sometimes we think it's almost our duty, our responsibility, because we see things that aren't right, at least in our perception. We, we, we say it's not our perception, but it is our perception. And we see it, and we think we need to get together and talk. What, what can we do about this? And, I, and I'm just gripped by the fact that God said so clearly to me, don't talk about, but pray for. Notice he said, I've got in capital letters in bold, the word F-O-R, because God said, I didn't say don't talk about, but pray about. He said, pray for. Too many times we're praying about things and not praying for the person. We're praying about situations to try, uh, change rather than praying for the blessing and favor of God. Jesus went as far as to say, even if people hate you, even if people are your enemies and they deserve nothing from you, just like you and I deserve nothing from God, but while we're sinners, Christ died for us. He says, such as you freely receive, freely give. And there's something that God says, oh, we can't do this naturally, but by the Spirit of God, He says, I want you to pray for your enemies. I want you to bless them. I want you to do good for them. I want you to pray into them. Don't pray against them. Don't pray that they will change. Pray for them. I want to tell you right now, if you're in difficult situation and you've been hard done by and you feel like you just feel like everything is against you and you want to get out of a situation or the situation needs to change I want to challenge you by the Spirit of God because I know freedom is on the other side of this for you and for those that will hear you I want to ask you man and woman of God will you dare to pray for them and I don't mean pray for them to change I say pray God I pray you will bless them I pray now God you'll meet with them God would you reveal your love to them your goodness to them, your kindness to them. Lord, would you do this good? We're doing, Lord, you not hold this against them, but would you bring them into a place where your blessing overflows for those that hate you the most? You say, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Because if God told us to do something and with his power we were unable to do it, he would be unjust. I can't do it without. How many people, again, not a trick question, how many people are so, so grateful and thankful that the terrorist Saul had an encounter with God and became the Apostle Paul? Is anyone grateful for that? Has anyone read the epistles? Has anyone read the Bible and said, I, I thank God for this man? who Has anyone been benefited? Oh, I've been benefited in blessing. Let me tell you why he got saved. Because you back it up a few chapters in the book of Acts. And there is a man named Stephen who has been literally stoned to death. And they did it at the consent of one called Saul, who stood there and said, kill this Christian. You can't get worse than this as someone being against you. And Stephen in that moment didn't say, God, change the situation. Oh, God, would you stop this? He said, Father, would you not hold this against them? He was praying for them. I want to declare by the Spirit of God that Saul became Paul, not just through a revelation of Jesus, but Jesus revealed himself as a result of a man of God saying, would you bless him? Who knows what that person could become with a revelation of who God is. The rock revelation. Maybe they are one prayer from you away from their eternity changing. It's time for the people of God not to lose selfish and inward focus, but God. For God so loved the world that He gave, and He gave His best as one and only Son. Come on. 
Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Oh, I just want to mention this quickly and we're just going to stand up and pray. But I saw another picture of a high school classroom. It was a high school classroom and Father said, you are to have influence in that classroom. And I have a sense that you have knocked on the school door before and it didn't open. And Father says, knock again. I don't know if it's for you as a church or if there's individuals that speaks to you right there. But Father says, knock again. And finally, I wonder if you'd stand with me. Praise, 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 praise God. I I need that drummer back up here, the bass player. And guys, if when I start to pray, I need you guys playing at the level I'm praying, all right? Because this is what the Holy Spirit said, and we're going to pray. And we're not going to pray as ones defeated. We're not going to pray as ones in a vain hope. But we're going to pray as one with confident expectations. Because God said to me, there's going to come a sound of revival to the rock. Seriously, that was underwhelming. God says there's going to come a sound of revival to the rock. And the word revival means a reawakening of spiritual fervor, a restoration to life. God says there's going to come a reawakening of spirit. Some of you need to reach out to God right now in these last moments. Because you become dry, you become a little complacent, maybe you, maybe even a little bit compromised, and you come, you attend, but there's no spiritual fire. The Holy Spirit wants to bring the sound of revival to your life today. Revival, a reawakening of spiritual fervor, a restoration to life. And the word sound means a thing that can be heard, a thing that can be heard. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of this Holy Spirit, by the authority of the risen Christ, I declare and release over these people right now and through these people right now the sound of revival. Father, we're asking for a reawakening, a reawakening, a reawakening. sound of revival flow Jesus Jesus sound oh a clear sound spirit of God Holy Spirit flow in this place we pray
Father, right now in the name of Jesus. You have said much. But you know where every person is individually. I'm asking by your goodness, by your mercy, by your grace, by your kindness. That over the coming hours, days, weeks, months and years that you will lean in and reveal Lord we're asking for revelation of who you are and what you want to say to us and may we receive it in the spirit that it was given as a word of a father that loves us dearly we thank you Father that as a church our best days are ahead of us and not behind us as a church we thank you that you're taking us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but we are those of who we believe we praise your name we bless your name we give you all the honor the praise and the glory Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just, as I head back to Pastor Greg, I just want to say thank you for your tenderness. Thank you for leaning in. I, I beg you, I beseech you. As Paul said, I, I ask you sincerely, will you take some time over the next few days to sit with Father? I say, Father, out of what was said, what do you need to really go on a journey with me right now because even the parable of the sower wasn't just that it all fell on rocky soil even the ones that fell on good it says they received it with joy but then the cares of life and stuff happened and it choked it I beg you don't let life rob you of the words of capital our life let's be people who receive and finally I don't know if I got that slide. I, I don't know if I came through, but I write a daily devotion. And God told me to write it every day for the rest of my life. And he said, in a world of many negative, critical voices, I want you to be a positive voice in people's day. Is that okay? And he says, it's called believing in you. Every day is a journey discovering how much God believes in you. And so you can get that for free. You can subscribe to it online. It's just believing in you. .com.au. Can you remember that? Believing in you. Or Google Steve McCracken, it will come straight up. Or believing in you. And you can get it by email, you can get it mobile, or desktop, you can get it Facebook, you can get it Twitter, whatever is a drug of your choice. And here's what it is it's literally a few paragraphs, one minute, but it's every day, every day, every single day. It's just an overflow of my God time. He said, not structured, don't teach on this or that. Whatever I'm saying, I want you just to put it before people. That just, how many people think that'd be great just to get up in the morning and just hear something, that's just something from God, just and bang. That just, okay, go into the day. Many people say this, you know, they, they read the word and they, they open that up and they read that first thing. And I purposely, I live in Australia, but I purposely set it at a time so that the guys in New Zealand get it before you guys go to work. Because I want you guys to get fed. It's called believing in you. I encourage you to sign up and let me just sow into your life every day. God bless you so much. All glory to God.
has been talking about, I want to just say to Joe, I want to finish on that song, Oh God, Your Glory. Oh God, um, I'll sing it. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom has come. The battle is over. He has won the battle. The enemy is defeated. And the more we know us, what Jesus was saying to me during the week is you just resist the lies. It's all you do. You resist the lies that he tells you because the battle is already won. The victory is already ours. So just resist what comes that's not of him. And the Bible says he flees. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise. The glory is yours. The glory is yours. Jesus, in your name we rise, and the glory is yours, the glory is yours. Blessing all the strength and power, yours alone now and forever. Never stop, there is no one like our God Reaching down to touch the broken And mercy breaking through this moment Faithful is the one who saves Worthy is your name Oh God, the glory is yours The kingdom has come and the battle is over Jesus, in your name we rise, and the glory is yours, the glory is yours, the glory is yours. The thrones and angels watch in wonder, and on that day when time is over. Proclaim, worthy is your name. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. The glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. The glory is yours. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything. Nobody beside you, there will never be. Nobody be 
There was a cruise ship where people were eating, drinking, being merry, laughing, cruising. Then it changed to a landing ship, a military ship, incredible sense of readiness and purpose, alertness, war. Everybody on board knew their task and were living for the purpose. David Peters, the 11th of November, 2012. I think God's confirming something he spoke three years ago, four years ago, and it's outworking. You know, when uh, we're praying, or Steve was praying for, for Greg and Danny right at the start, and they gave the word that you're a, a general, a spiritual general. It just resonated in my spirit. And the knowledge and the understanding, there's no uh, uh, position given in the military without the authority from somebody of a greater authority bestowing it on them. And in the officer rank, it's a commission. You don't just get it, you get commissioned into that. And that is a word for us to hear that Greg received this morning, not from Steve, but from our Heavenly Father, from God, a spiritual commissioning. And you are spiritually commissioned into the position of a spiritual general today. Now that means when you're in a military position and you're under a position of authority, it doesn't work in a military uh, role or function to go, well, I don't agree with you. Now, I'm not saying that's a dictatorship or anything like that. I'm saying that if we have ears to hear spiritually, then we're positioned to go, I respect the position that you have been given not by man but by God what are you saying I might not understand it is different to I reject it I will listen and Father speak because I know you're speaking through this man thank you Paul I want to affirm that one of the things I'm having supper with the elders tonight and again Father spoke to me before I come and everything. <laughs> God, I was before I came, before I knew anybody. But the first thing I wanted to say to ours and felt the Holy Spirit say, declare it now publicly in light of what you said for everyone. I can show you my iPad. I can show you I screenshot it before I came. Was these three words. Let Greg lead. Now, I want to say something. Yeah. Has there been abuse from leadership where power has gone to their head and they've got off running and in church life plenty of times? Yes. 
Is it possible that there's some, if not many in this room, that have been in churches where that has happened? Yes. But now I need you to hear me so clearly. When, since when do we throw out the truth of God's order because of an abuse or an excess? It says in 1 Corinthians 13, love believes the best. Our starting position should be these are great people. This is a great couple. I had brunch with these guys yesterday, and I don't know them. But I said, I can truly say, and I believe I'm speaking by feeling the heart of the Father. I said, I've just met these guys, and I, didn't I? I, I, I said it several times, I love you guys. I want to journey with you guys because there's something in them I love. And so I want to say over to you as a church, affirming what has just been said by Paul, let Greg lead. And the Holy Spirit says different is not wrong. I wouldn't do it that way. I don't think we should be doing it that way. Great. Get on board 100% anyway. You read the epistles, the letters written by Paul and by Timothy, by Barnabas, the, the, the apostles of God, the generals. I've heard about this. This is not right. We need to shift this. We need to change this. We need to do this. I need to send Timothy. I need to see Barnabas there. It wasn't all oh, just if you like and if we want. It doesn't matter. Let's do what we want. Seriously, no organization in the world doesn't works without a sense of order, without a sense of command. Jesus gave commands. The religious people didn't like it. Can I just lovingly say that for some of you, you need to ask God to heal you. For some of us, we need to move beyond a religious sense of don't tell me what to do. I want to declare that this is is not about you it's not about me this is about the kingdom of God this is about lost people this is about the church of Jesus Christ and you have enlisted in an army let the general lead come on let's let's conquer let's take back some territory went to the enemy's camp but took back what he stole come on come on kingdom of God let your kingdom come come on father do it in Jesus. This is actually a new day. Something has shifted today for those that embrace it. Please, please get on board. Please get on board. Finally from me, I just got reminded, where are we going? Can I speak please with love? But this is a bus. It's not a taxi. The church is a bus, not a taxi. God says, we're going here. We say, great, I'll get on board. But we don't get on board a bus and say, Drive, no, 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 can you go that way? No, I don't want to. No, no, no. You, you know where the bus is going. You get on board. Yeah. A taxi, you can give direction and go wherever you want. The church is not a taxi. It's a bus. Jump on board. Let's strap our seatbelts on. And let's go, God, just come on.